my place. Uh, again, I don't ever want to get over it, okay? I don't ever want to get over the fact of who he is, what he's done for me. What I deserve, shout it, girl, go ahead. By the mouth of babes. The Bible said if we don't shout it, the rocks and the hills will shout it. Ain't that right? That's what he said. So I know it's cute and all, but sometimes the Lord may make them, they may impress it upon them just so to teach us we ought to praise him still also. You don't outgrow praising the master, okay? You don't outgrow praising him. A lot of us think we do, and a lot of us have been, but it's not that we've outgrown it. It's that we've gotten too cold for it. We've gotten too distant. We've gotten too far away from him. Luke chapter number 16 this evening going to preach a simple little message. Simple. I told Joe a while ago, I first time probably in a long time, that what I've got to preach this evening is just one page. Ain't nothing even on the back. Y'all see? It's just one page in about, tw- about, about 10 minutes and I'll be done. Right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Something that we all know about. We, Boy, I can't tell you the times that I've preached from these scriptures. I can't tell you the times that I've heard preaching from these scriptures. And uh, just exactly uh, looking at what the Bible said about a place called hell. What the Bible says about a place called hell. When you find your place, if you will, stand in honor of the reading of God's word. Luke chapter number 16, beginning to read with verse number 19, beginning to read with verse number 19. The precious word of God said, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a beggar named Lazarus which was laid at his gate full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, the dogs came and licked his sores. It came to pass as the, that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivedest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things, but now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot. Neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldst send him to my father's house, where I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham saith unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege to have a Bible. 
Thank you, God, for the precious word of God that we've even read here this day. God, I'm so glad I ain't got to go to this awful place. God, I'm so glad I don't have to suffer in hell. As much as I deserve it, as much as I ought to be there, God, I'm glad that you sent your son to take my place and pay a debt of sin that I couldn't pay for myself. God, if Jesus hadn't willingly went to Calvary, God, and paid that debt, I'd have had no hope, Lord. But I'm grateful, God, that you give me hope through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And tonight, Lord, this evening, God, as we stand, I need a touch from heaven, Lord. I need you, God, to speak through me, God, what you'd have said. I need you, God, to take over in this place, and God, I need you to have your way. God, I pray that the Spirit of God would have free course here. And I ask you, dear God, that you'd visit with us again. Lord, you'd settle in on us here, Lord, not just blow through. But God, you'd settle in in our midst, God. Would you touch the hearts of the sinners that don't know Jesus? And God, help we that are, that are saved, but Lord, maybe even some that, that might be saved, but yet saved, yet so as by fire. And God, would you help today that the lives could be turned, changed and turned around. God, we could see what you brought us from. We could ever be grateful, God, that we don't have to go to hell. Thank you, God, for all that you've done. God, touch the heart of those that are lost today, please. God, would you help them, give them a desire to want to be saved. And I'll bless your name forever. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you. You can be seated. The place called hell. As we often think, we hear probably less preaching today about hell than we have throughout the course of time of the New Testament church. Uh, hell, the word hell, occurs 54 times in the Bible. And every occasion that the word hell is mentioned is never a pleasant occasion. Uh, it, 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 you see, what hell is is a place where unsaved go were people who have rejected the opportunity that the Lord has given them to be saved, <coughs> were people who have turned a deaf ear unto the preaching of the gospel of Christ and have, have uh, chosen to take a chance on eternity without God, it's that place that they go. In 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 4, the Word of God tells us that hell is a place that rebels against God and, and, that, and, and, and though, that those rebels that are there are placed until the day of judgment. Those that are there are in hell until judgment. And that's you say, what about after judgment? It gets worse after that. It gets worse. And we'll get there in just a little while. You see, Matthew chapter 11 in verse number 23 it tells us that the only escape that there is from hell is the Lord Jesus Christ. The only way around hell is through Christ Jesus and Christ alone. So we look at the place called hell today and it's, uh, it's became forgotten in the New Testament church. You don't hear very much preaching on it. I can recall coming up as a boy and hearing it probably preached on every, every service that we'd come to church yeah. Uh, somewhere along the line that, that being a, a preacher that would preach about hell a lot has got to be looked down upon. It's got to be, uh, well, are you one of them hellfire and brimstone preachers? I remember as a young preacher, I, uh, people would ask me, are you one of them hellfire and brimstone preachers? 
I'd say I hope so, bless God. I, I want to be, amen. I don't want to forget uh, that there is a place that's called hell. And friend, I don't want you to forget this evening that there is a place called hell. You know, when you think about hell, sometimes our imaginations uh, take over and sometimes we hear about it into the place that we really don't think that hell is what it is. And, but I'm here to tell you, number one, this evening, uh, that hell is a real place. It is a real place. Now, hell was not created for me and for you, by the way, but it was created for the devil and for his angels, what the Scripture said. Uh, but I'm telling you uh, that there is a place that's called hell. We find the rich man, as the Bible said, that he lived his eyes uh, in hell. After uh, old Lazarus uh, died and was carried by the angel into Abram's bosom, and the Bible said the rich man uh, died and he lived his eyes in hell. It didn't talk about his funeral. It didn't talk about his casket. It didn't talk about who said what over his grave. It didn't talk about the markings on his tombstone. But what it did talk about was that he opened his eyes in torment. And what we find there, that he began, the first thing he began to say as he got to hell, that he cried and he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. I want you to know that this, this place called hell is a real place. When you get to hell, it does not mean that everything uh, is gone. Uh, you still have your senses. Uh, uh, I believe you can still smell. I believe you can still taste. Uh, I know you can still feel. I know those scents you can still hear. I know all of these things are very much there in this awful place uh, that's called hell. And people are still able uh, to think uh, when they're in hell. They can still think when they're in hell. The Bible said this man, uh, when he was there, that the first thing he did was he said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Oh, he knew, first of all, he needed mercy. He knew, first of all, he needed the, the mercy of Almighty God. Uh, but you know, it's bad to realize that you need mercy when mercy's run out. It's bad to realize that you need mercy when you're in a place where you can never get mercy. I don't care how much he cries for mercy. I don't care how much he begs for mercy. There'll never be any mercy upon this rich man. Uh, I don't know how long he's been in hell. I don't know how long uh, uh, that he's been there. But I'm here to tell you that times have not changed in hell. It's still hell. And he's still in hell today. And he's still on fire today. And he's still suffering today. And he's still crying for mercy today. And he's still begging for mercy today. But all the crying and all the begging in which he's able to do, he cannot receive the mercy that he's crying after. He's still thinking in hell. People still feel in hell. He knew that he was on fire. He said, I'm tormented in this flame. Oh, can you imagine? Can you imagine? I recall a few years ago that right down the road from the house when you turn out on 49, cross over Red Creek Bridge there and, and there's the Perk Beach, what they call Perk Beach on the right side of the road. There was a football coach there at Perk at the college that had a, uh, he was a black man that had some children. They were going to town or going somewhere or another, and uh, they crossed that bridge, and somehow or another they said that that, 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 that 
or who was driving lost control, Brother Bradley, of that car, and it went off down the right side of that bank, down the embankment. It went up there and hit a pine tree. And uh, uh, two of the children were ejected from the car when it, was, uh, when it, when it hit the pine tree. And they survived. Uh, but there was one that was in that car. Uh, that, there was one that was there. And that, that somehow or another, when the car hit the tree, it, it ruptured the gas tank. And, and gas began to pour out. It caught fire. And they said they could hear the, uh, the paramedics. And those that pulled up there uh, said, is that car? that car was burning uh, they could hear that young black man in that car uh, somebody please help me somebody I'm on fire somebody please help me I could imagine uh, that that'd be a horrifying sound don't you but you think about what's taking place in hell tonight I want you to think about what's happening uh, as the souls of men women and boys and girls are, are there in hell and they're crying out uh, somebody please help me and all the while uh, they rejected all the help that they could have all the while they sat in a church house and they heard the gospel and somebody told them about Jesus and they turned their ear deaf to it and they walked away from every opportunity and they turned and finally wound up in hell friend you say you're trying to scare somebody if I could do it buddy I would I'm just here to tell you that hell is a real place and hell's an awful place and it hell's a People are on fire. Souls are on fire tonight. It's a real place. Number two, not only is hell a real place, hell is a revealing place. Hell reveals the real you. Hell reveals the real you. You can think what you want to, and you want everybody else to think what you want to about you. Well, I'm just as good as everybody else you might be. But I tell you what, hell don't make any mistakes. When you get to hell, you ain't there on accident. When you get to hell, there's no, there's no chance that God has faltered, God has failed, and you got there by happenstance. Oh, no. You have got there purposely. And it wasn't on the purpose of God. And it wasn't on God's account that you got there. But you got there on your account. You got there because you've rejected, and, you, and, 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 and hell has revealed that you were unsaved. Hell has revealed that you never have trusted Christ. Hell has revealed that your profession, maybe that you made, had no, no substance to it. All the things that you tried to convince everybody else about, hell will tell the truth on you. And hell will let you know really who you are at that time. I'm telling you, I'm convinced today that there's a multitude of church members that are in hell tonight. I believe there's Baptist church members and Methodist church members and Pentecostal church members and Catholic church members. And these people that's been raised in church that could do all the, the could, could quote you the Bible and tell you what the Bible said that's in hell, but they ain't never been born again. They ain't never been born. I'm telling you tonight, hell is a revealing place. There's no works there for you to do anymore in hell. And listen, I, I'm trying to work my way, trying to do good. I'm trying to get there. Well, you better change how many times you heard somebody say, boy, you better change your ways if you don't want to go to hell. I'm here to tell you, friend, you can change your ways all you want to. Or you can do all that's within your power to change your ways, but you can change them till the cows come home and it ain't going to make you go to heaven. 
Uh, yet it ain't your way. The Bible said the way of there is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. I'm here to tell you tonight, uh, this evening, uh, that by the help of God, that you better understand that, that your ways is what's got going to get you to hell to start with. <coughs> your works it reveals the real you. The false professions reveals the real you. We see it's a revealing place. It reveals the real you. Also, it reveals your intent. Reveals your intent. What was you? Well, my plan was. My plan was. You know what I'm convinced of? Nobody ever really intends to go to hell. I don't. I really don't believe that. Uh, not not somebody in the right mind. Now they could be people that's possessed with devils, people that's uh, that's demon. But I, I believe that you know that a person, a person that's dealt with by the Holy Spirit of God, when God begins to to, to deal with them, when God begins to they 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 may tell the Lord no, and but they're intending on another day to come. They're intending on another opportunity to come around. They're intending on a day to come when they'll. I, I'm not going to do it right now, but I'll do it at a later time. And never really understanding that that their intent uh, will be revealed when they get to hell. You see, I, I'm just telling you this. I, I remember the words of my father-in-law that, that said he waited over 20 years for the Lord to pass by him again uh, so that he could trust the Lord Jesus as his Savior. He would sit in church wondering, God, when are you going to come my way? I said, oftentimes, Brother Mike, he would wonder if he hadn't sinned away his day of grace. Wondered if he hadn't, hadn't turned the Lord away the last time. And for 20 years, he was waiting on the Lord to move in his heart to stir the waters again. Waters weren't stirred. But thanks be unto God for a day when he did pass by again. I'm grateful for that. Friend, today you may you may be sitting here and you say, Preacher, I'm not intending on go to hell. You might it might not be, but but there is an old saying that says the uh, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. That's what the old saying is. It doesn't matter what you intend. I tell you, the Bible said in Isaiah 55 and verse 6, to seek ye the Lord while he may be found and call ye upon him while he's near. What you ought to do is while he's dealing with you and while he's calling upon you and while he's wooing you, uh, you ought to at that time uh, surrender yourself and say, God, I'm tired of, of, of all the false fronts. God, I'm tired of all the things that I'm putting in the way. God, I'm, I'm tired of all the excuses. I'm coming to you in, 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 with, with faith and trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. It reveals your intent. Thirdly, it reveals your future. Bible said he lift up his eyes. When he got to hell, he lift up his eyes. He opened his eyes. And immediately, he was on fire. I don't know how to determine the soul of a man. I don't know where it's at. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know. But I know, Brother Philip, that by the, the authority of God's word, that it is able to feel fire. It is able to suffer. You know what I find out today? The Bible said they're talking about that place called hell. It said, and the worm dieth not. There the worm dieth not. Now I know, there's, I've heard it preached, and I, 
And, and I'm not trying to discredit nobody that preaches uh, one thing against a, But I, I'm telling you that David described his soul as a worm. That's what he said. He said he is a worm, as a matter of fact. He described it. And I'm not saying that our soul is a nightcrawler, okay, or a grub. I'm telling you that's what David described it. But the Bible said that, that the Lord Jesus said that there, that worm, dieth not. That your soul will not be consumed in hell. It won't burn up to, be, to not exist anymore. You'll not stay there long enough to pay for your sins and then be released. But you're forever. Your future is revealed. When he lifted up his eyes, his future was revealed. That for over 2,000 years now, that man, every second of every day, for over 2,000 years, that man's soul has been in torments in hell. Every second, there's not been one moment of relief. There's not been one second of reprieve. There's not been one opportunity of a break. But all this time, he's been in hell. And his soul is suffering. Friend, if you're brave enough to face eternity and to face hell, then please be tolerable enough to stand the torments of hell forever and ever and ever. If you're willing to take a chance on your soul, if you're willing to turn the Lord away, then be prepared to spend eternity in that condition. The rich man's there today. It's a real place. It's a revealing place. And thirdly, and I'm done, it's a remorseful place. As I told you, it'll reveal your future. I believe what, I believe what, it, I believe it's a, it's a place of mourning. I believe it's a place of mourning. It a, this man is mourning his future, I believe. I believe he's wondering. And here's what I'm thinking. He, I, I'm, I'm believing this, Brother Joe. I believe he's thinking of all the times that God the Holy Ghost come by his way. Every opportunity that he had to trust Jesus. Every opportunity that he had to be saved. Every opportunity that God knocked at his heart's door. He said, let me come in. He's remembering every time that maybe Lazarus sat outside of his gate and told him about Jesus. And he remembers that to this very day that I spurned the invitation of God. I turned God away. I told God no. I believe he's mourning today because of that. He's mourning his future. I know by the authority of God's word that he's mourning his family's future. He's concerned about his family. Since he can't go back and since I can't be reprieved, since I can't have a drop of water, or since I can't 
can't have mercy. I've got five brethren back at my father's house. Will you send him that he can tell them lest they come to this awful place? Abraham said, no, I can't do that. They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. He said, nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they would believe. He said, if they believe not, Moses and the prophets, neither will they believe, though one rose from the dead. They, they, they've got, you've got, you've got today, you've got Moses and the prophets. You've got the word of God. If you're looking for a miracle, or you're looking for some special something to come, and whisper in your ear. You better listen to what God's word says. If you won't hear God's word. Neither will you believe. Though one rose from the dead. If you won't hear what God has to say. When the preacher preaches the word of God. Neither will you believe. If God. Himself come whispered in your ear. Maybe this week, Brother Moore, may I hope he does. I hope the whole community gets saved this week. I do. I'm here to tell you today that Brother Dwayne Moore is not coming with pockets full of salvation. He's coming with Moses and the prophets. He's coming with the Word of God. He's coming with the Bible, the truth of the Word of God. You're going to get saved. You're going to have to believe that. I thought about this, and I, I've said, I, I remember preaching and mentioning this back years ago, about a couple of years ago, when Zachary, morning Zachary, got saved. And this has been a story that I've told for, I don't know how many, 30 odd years. And it's a story that I experienced myself. One that I lived, one that I witnessed, one that I saw. I'm not borrowing this in Brother Philip from some other preacher somewhere or another. It's one that God let me see and let me experience myself. When I was pastoring Bethlehem Church in Pearl River, I was 22 years old. So that'll tell you how long it's been. 23 maybe. May have been 23, 24, I don't know, somewhere around there. Heather was born, so I was 24 when Heather was born. And uh, Sunday morning, I was standing up to preach, and we had pews on this side over here. Then out here, we had pews on both sides, and then had some over here. And the young people would all sit over here on this side here. And they, we had a bunch of young folks there at the time. And I preached that morning on today is the day of salvation. You listen to me. Listen real good. Preached that morning on this today is the day of salvation. And there was a young lady that had came. She had long black hair. And uh, she said over here, she came with one of the other, other girls in the church. And her name was Shelly. 
And I know that because she told me that. But as I preached that morning, Brother R.J., I noticed she the first time she'd ever been in a Baptist church in her life. I, I don't know how come God done it, but that day when I was preaching, God broke her heart. And she sat there and she wept. I mean, out loud, out loud, she began to weep. She was, she was moaning. and I mean, I mean, visibly broken, so torn up. And I, I watched her and I was praying. I, you know, when you're preaching, you're thinking, boy, when, when I get through, I'm going to offer invitation and she's going to come and get saved. I mean, those things going through my mind. I was excited because of what God was going to do. And, and uh, I stood and offered invitation that morning and she never moved. She sat right there and she put her hands in her face like this. And she was just shaking, trembling. When I got through preaching, we closed the service out. I stood at the door. And finally, when it come her time to walk through, she was still visibly torn up. And she come by and she took me by my hand. And I, that's when she told me her name. My name's Shelly. And I, I come with this, this girl here. And Barbara and, I, and I'm here to, and I, I, I preach her. She said, I, I need that Jesus. I said, honey, you ain't got to leave here today without him. I said, you can trust him today. She said, I, I, I got to go today. I, I don't have time. I said, well, you, you, it won't take, just let me talk to you. I, she said, well, are they waiting on me? I got to go right now. And, and I said, well, you, well, promise me you'll be back tonight. She said, I, I, I won't be back tonight. We're going to a concert tonight, she said. I said, what about Wednesday night? She said, I, I'll not be back Wednesday night. I got to work Wednesday night. Sixteen years old now. She said, but if it's okay, I'll be back next Sunday. I said, it's mighty fine with me. I said, I'd love to see you. Looking forward to seeing you. She left there. My heart was broken. She left there that day, and I don't know what she went through the week. And I was at home on Friday, late Friday night, early Saturday morning. Brother Danny Williams owned the funeral home there. He, about two thirty in the morning, my phone rang. I answered it. He said, "Preacher, this is Brother Danny." I didn't know what was wrong. Probably thought we had several old folks in the church. Probably expected some of them to be, you know, passed on or something. He said, Preacher, he said, you know the the little girl that was torn up Sunday? My heart fell when he said that. I said, Yes, sir. He said, Preacher, they just called me to go get her body. He said she wrecked on her and her boyfriend coming back from New Orleans. Flipped the car over twice, broke her neck. She's dead. In eternity. Last word she told me, Brother Brad, was that I need that Jesus. Now that's been 30 some odd years ago. Can you imagine a 16-year-old girl burning in hell? Can you imagine that? She didn't trust the Lord. She's been burning in hell for 30 some odd years. If she didn't trust Jesus by the time I left her, she left me that day. She went to eternity that Friday night. She's in hell for that long. Her intentions were, 
I'll be back next Sunday. I'll get saved next Sunday. That's kind of what she said. I'll get saved next Sunday, preacher. I'll be back. I'll be back. But her intentions didn't come to pass. She never made it back to the church house. But she did make it into eternity. You may not ever make it back to the church house again today. But I'll promise you this, you will make it into eternity. It's appointed unto man once to die. After this, the judgment. You will make eternity. You'll face eternity. Either with Christ, you'll face eternity alone. Okay, now it's your opportunity, it's your, your, it's your choice. But there's a place called hell, Steve. I can't help that we live in the 21st century. I can't help that it's become unpopular to talk about hell. I can't help that people would rather hear about the love of God. But if you'll go back and study the life of Jesus, you'll find that Jesus preached more about hell than he did about heaven. He talked more about hell than he did heaven. Reckon why, Brother Mike, he done that? To warn folk. Well, it makes people uncomfortable. I promise you that rich man is not comfortable today. I promise you that if that little girl didn't get saved, and if she's in hell today, I can promise you that she's not comfortable today. I stood beside the bed in Crosby Memorial Hospital in Picayune 37 years ago and listened to an old woman scream out as she was taking her dying breaths about being on fire. I listened to her as she screamed and said, somebody put the fire out, I'm on fire, I'm on fire. She wasn't on fire there. But undoubtedly where she was going, there's a raging inferno that'll never cease. For 37 years, she's been there. There's a place called hell. You ought not want your family to go there either. The rich man didn't want his family to come. And we ought not want our family to go to hell. And it ought to bother us so much that it'll get us out of our chairs and on our knees again. Beg God, now please don't let my family go to hell. I don't know your heart tonight, but there is a hell. Father in heaven, in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. God, you know what we've tried to preach this evening. You know my heart. I'm sorry for every mistake and wrong, Lord, that I have. But God, if you could take what we've spoken here tonight, God, you could deal with sinners' hearts. God, I'd sure be grateful today if 
you had saved us and hailed like ever flaming fire. God, please help them to trust Jesus. God, I know that you've granted everything. You've made everything available. God, if you'd help them to desire to be saved. Forgive me, God, of my failures. Use us, I pray. Help that lost to be saved.